those things right now that outside because father we're here in this place in this temple before you lord to come into the holy of holies oh lord father right now in the name of jesus we thank you because Christ on the cross, Father, defeated death, oh Lord. Father, he washed away the sins, Father, when we came to you and acknowledged, Father God. Christ is our Lord and Savior. And now we are children and sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We are heirs to the kingdom, oh God. We are seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father. Oh, Father, we thank you right now that you have given us authority in this place. You have given us authority on this realm. Speak your word, oh God, to send forth a prophetic word, Father, to declare and decree, oh God, to build up and to tear down, oh God. Father, in the name of Jesus, that is our right, that is our heritage, that is our, oh Father, that is the promise you have given us, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we have an inheritance, and Father, Father, there's a store, a storehouse in heaven to draw from, oh God. We draw from our storehouse in heaven, oh Lord. For those things that we need, Lord. Father, we thank you and we praise you. Hallelujah. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins, oh God. As far as the east is from the west, oh God. You do not, Father, you forgive us of all iniquity and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, oh Lord. And Father, we thank you that we are forgiven, oh God. Washed and paid for by the blood of Jesus. Washed and paid for by the blood of Jesus. Father, oh Lord, we thank you right now. We thank you, Father, that all authority has been given unto us, Lord. Father, we have the authority in the name of Jesus right now. The saints and the principalities and darkness, the high places. You have no rights in our lives. You have no rights in our homes. You have no rights in our jobs. You have no rights in this nation right now in the name of Jesus. But this nation was declared unto you, Lord, Father. Those people that came before us, Father God. This nation was blessed, Father God, by our forefathers. This nation was dedicated to the Lord. This nation was dedicated to the Lord. And we take it back in the name of Jesus. We take back our nation. Church, we say, rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Oh, rise up. And then take back what the Lord has given you in the name of Jesus. Oh, do not be silent any longer. Do not be silent. Oh, fire. 
takeover service. So we've got all the youth up here today. And we had a great time being ministered to, worshiping with the other church, with the other kids. But it feels really nice to be back in my house.
deserts, even though I haven't been along that, alive that long. And I know all of you has been in the desert at least once in your life. So I need you to worship because God deserves it.
Jesus, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Good morning, Calvary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wanted to take this opportunity real quick to thank each one of you, those that sponsored, those that gave. The youth had an amazing time this weekend. God moved. Like you can't imagine, and we're believing for complete transformation in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hi. This weekend was really a good weekend for all of us. Like we all discovered something new about ourselves. Hurt that we had that we were able to release. Yes, yes. Amen. Including myself especially. Amen. <laughs> but yeah, I want many opportunities like that again to happen. It was like a eye-opener for us. Amen, amen, amen. We serve an awesome God. I was asking God when I was asked to do offering, what was I going to present? Um, we hear about offering all the time, and it's the time of the service that people get discouraged and get offended. And, and I think that part of it is, is that we really don't have an understanding. Come on. Um, so I asked God, what was it that I was going to speak about? And the Lord brought me to, Corne to Cornelius, the centurion. And Cornelius, he gave, and he gave, and he gave. And because of it, the Bible says that an angel came to visit him. God sent an angel to tell Cornelius that because of his prayers and his alms, that um, God had placed, there was a memorial that had come up before God. And as I meditated on that, God gave me the revelation that our finances have a voice. Yes, they do. Memorials speak. Long after we're gone, a memorial continues to speak. And the Bible says that when we give, that God blesses, not only does he bless us, but he blesses our children and our children's children. So the memorial continues to speak. And I sat there and I chewed on that for a little while. And he took me to... So let 2 Corinthians 9, 7, and it says, So let each one of us give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly out of necessity or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. And I thought about that too. Have you ever been giving a gift by a person that really doesn't want to give it to you? Do you really want to accept that? Doesn't it take away from the gift? Well, if our arms are going before God and it's preparing, it's keeping a memorial or it rises up a memorial, that me, and our memorials have a voice, they're speaking. So depending on the condition of our heart, it tells what our memorial is saying. Come on. Come on. If you really think about it now, you give and you give because you know you have to give. But do you want God to be able to receive your memorial, your giving openly? Or do you want it to be a burden before God? And finally, he took me to where it says, to Hebrews 7, 8, no, sorry. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Sorry, that's the one I just gave you. He showed me about sowing a seed. We've been told time and time again that when we give tithes and offering, we should sow a seed. We should give direction as to why we're giving. And what God began to show me is, is that our memorial is speaking. When you sow the seed and you say, Lord, this is what I'm sowing this seed for. When the memorial comes forward that God looks at it, 
the memorial says, this is what the seed was sown for. So you're praying and your memorial is standing in the gap with you. It's standing in agreement and it's constantly reminding God, listen, he gave, she gave. This is why they gave. Because the truth is, as it says in Hebrews 7, 8, that here mortal men receive our tithes, but there he receives them. So it may look as if though you're giving it to the house. It may look as if though you're giving it to the pastor. Some people think that, you know, pastor is lining his pockets and he's really not. There are people that are being ministered to. There are churches that are being ministered to. I don't know if you guys know, but sometimes in your hard times, Elder will come up and say, this is what the, the church wants to give you because we know that you're going through a hard time. So it's important to know that our finances, not only are they being used here, but also they're going before God. And the conditions of our hearts is so important because some of us are praying and praying and praying and believing and believing and we're wondering why. And it's because we're not doing it with the right heart. of life. I pray that your people give on to you, Lord, that we will all do it with the right heart and the right mindset. I pray that as we give on to you, you will continue to provide for everybody here, financially, spiritually, emotionally, Lord. I pray that as we give the offering to you and we do it with the right heart, that the blessings that you give will overflow for us, Lord. I pray that I thank you for the overflowing blessings, Lord. And that there will be more of those and that you provide for us in many more ways. Thank you for showing us how good you are to us. I pray that you would do it throughout our families, our relationships, to each other in the church, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As the ushers leave. Yeah. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. A lot of energy there. I almost broke my hip. Praise God. Bless you. It's wonderful to be in God's presence and to worship Him. And it's such a privilege to see our children, our youth, worshiping God. And wow. How precious is that? How precious is that? That's the generation that takes over us. When my generation retires, although I don't believe in retiring, I believe in refiring. But it's, it's, it's a privilege to see them growing. Any church where you don't see children, where you don't see youth, that church is dead. They just don't know it yet. Hear what I said? And the fact that we're having babies now, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, that means this, this church will continue long after the original generation, right? And we'll continue to glorify God, continue to evangelize, continue to disciple. Praise God. Very, very grateful today. Very grateful. Hallelujah. Are you grateful? Yes. I'm grateful. He's a good God. Worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. A couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of visiting the offices of WMCA. As you know, WMCA is a long-standing, I would say now historic uh, radio station along with WDJ. And years ago in the 90s, I had the privilege of partnering with them on various ventures. Uh, it was a really a big privilege uh, to be able to be a part of that all that God did in the city in that time. I still remember it like if it was yesterday. And I was given the privilege uh, to go and just share um, uh, my testimony, the testimony of the church. Also, I was able to give a short message. Uh, so I appreciate the fact that they give back. You know, most businesses are there only to make money. But yet when uh, Christian organizations and ministries like that give back to community, uh, that's, that speaks a lot, you know, because you know time is money. On TV, time is money. How many of you want to advertise during the Super Bowl? <laughs> Unless you're a multi, multi, multi-millionaire, you don't want to advertise during the Super Bowl. 30 seconds is probably a million dollars, two million, five million, whatever it may be. Just ridiculous money, right? But same with radio. It's not as high because TV has the visual, but it's very expensive. And it takes time, it takes investment, and uh, it's a long-term thing. So when they give back to a community like this, I really respect it, I appreciate it. And today we happen to have uh, Mr. Steve Hansridis, I hope I'm saying your last name right. Okay, excellent. Uh, Mr. Steve Hansridis, he saw us on the website and he heard about us and he actually highlighted this local church as the Church of the Week, uh, just a week or two ago. Um, and he came today just to worship with us. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. I would like Steve to come and just, just share, just say hello to, to all of you so you can get the face with the name, right? Sorry, the, the face probably disappoints a little bit. Uh, I have to say that, uh, I'll share a little secret with you, that uh, I usually wear hearing aids. And I don't have them on today because I can hear loud and clear your love of the gospel and your love of the Lord. Uh, I had heard a lot about your pastor. And so when I reached out to him to be part of the Church of the Week, uh, he turns out, you guys should be very proud of him and the work he's done. And uh, a man of God. So I'm, I'm just honored to be here with you, honored to 
worship with you and thank you for the very warm welcome. And uh, don't be a stranger to WMCA, okay? Thank you. God bless you all. Praise For the best worship experience, please let us remember to put our mobile phones on silent or vibrate during our service. For the best worship experience, please let us remember to put our mobile phones on silent or vibrate during our service. This is Nate, one of the youth leaders for Calvary Christian Fellowship, CYM, Connected Youth Ministries. I just want to just take this moment out to thank every single family member of Calvary that gave for this youth encounter. It was just an amazing weekend. Youth were saved. Uh, there were so many different sessions, so many breakout sessions, so many different conversations that we had with our youth regarding the Lord Jesus Christ, salvation, purity. I mean, we could just go on and on for days, but I just wanted to just take this moment just to give you a little bit of what we did throughout the weekend. Uh, some of the moments that I was able to capture because we didn't really want to, you know, get into every single session and record because we wanted to have a moment for the youth, you know, just so they could be free and just feel comfortable with the moment. So I just hope that you enjoy this video. Thank you again and get ready for the next one because we're just going to keep going. Amen.
name? I'm Caitlin. And what are you expecting from God this weekend? Um, to get closer to God. Your name? Genesis. And what are you expecting from God this weekend? To rebuild my relationship with God. What is your name? Caitlin. And what are you expecting from God this weekend? Um, I expect to understand His Word and get more connected. What is your name? Ola. My name is Chastity. And what are you expecting from God this weekend? This weekend, I'm expecting to feel the Lord's presence. And what are you expecting from God this weekend? Encountering God. What is your name? Iana. And what are you expecting from God this weekend? <laughs> That's a complicated question. I don't know. I guess for him to, you know, like, speak to me in a way that, like... I don't know what to explain. What is your name? Esmond. And what are you expecting from God this weekend? Um, I think it's for God. Um, I guess you can just speak to me about something in particular. All right, so state your name. Jose. And um, what is one expectation you have for this encounter? Uh, to be closer to God, to um, learn His name. I wanted to be closer to Him because I'm doing all this stuff in my life. And He's like the only way out. And I, I just want to be closer to Him at this point. All right, so state your name. My name is Chucky. Uh, what's one thing you expected from this encounter? I expected, something I expected from this encounter oh, was God. like, for this to be like a holy trip. Um, coming to learn about God things he done for us and yeah state your name elijah what's one thing you expected from this encounter oh yeah like your connection with I god. okay all right state your name elijah uh what's one thing you expected from this encounter a deeper connection with god when i come out that's it i mean yeah all right but so state your name and uh what's one thing that you expected from this youth encounter to get closer to god anything else Learn about him, his name. That's it. So how do you mom? Right. So state your name. Alright. Both. Yeah. All right. My name is Eric Rivera, and one thing I'm getting from that counter is to learn more about God. State your name. David Phillip. And uh, what's one of the things you expected from the super counter? <laughs> to get closer to God. That's it. Y'all are mad hype. And those three types of cloths are three different types of people. The first one is people who are dry. That tends to be most of us. Cause... Cause me, for who stands to more ice and red sea, I don't gotta talk, the Lord defends me. I watch them all fall from going against me. Cause me and all my angels shot the devil up while you was trying to pull me down. I leveled up.
up. I leveled up twice, I leveled up three times. He tapped them and told them she's mine. So even when I cried, I knew I'd be fine. Prepare for a miracle blessing in these times. I praise it, raise it, name it, claim it. Every time that rises up against me, shame it. I reach success in it, now my lungs. Got the power of life and death coming out my tongue. I can't believe it. Cause I serve a God that part of the Red Sea. Multi-million dollar commercials for Pepsi. For food stamps to more ice than Gretzky. I don't gotta talk, the Lord defends me. 
I watched them all fall from going against me. Cause me and all my angels shot the devil up while you was trying to pull me down. I leveled up. I leveled up twice. I leveled up three times. He tapped them and told them she's mine. So even when I cried, I knew I'd be fine. Prepare for a miracle blessing in these times. Now praise him, raise him, name it, claim it. Every tongue that rises up against me, shame it. I breach the assassin and now my lungs. Got the power of life and death coming out my tongue. Come on, let's lift up our worship. Let's lift up our worship. We good, bro. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are worthy of all the praise, all the honor, all the glory, God. We elevate you in this house, God. In this house, we worship you. We worship you in spirit and in truth, God. We thank you, Father, for what's getting ready to happen with this next generation, God. I'm standing with this next generation, God. I'm worshiping with this next generation, God. I'm lifting your name up with this next generation, God. In Jesus' name. You are good. And your mercy endures forever, God. I thank him. Wow. What a service. Such a name say, what a service. What a service. I'm going to get right to it. I don't want to play any games today. I want to just be able to give you the word of God that he gave me. I don't want to play. We just open this phone real quick. Technology, when it doesn't want to work, I don't understand what's wrong with this technology. Okay, here we go. How many of you guys are excited for what God is doing? I mean, I've seen worship all weekend. Youth just on fire for God. Youth wanting more of God. They need it. They need us to give it to them. They need us to mentor them. I need pastor to mentor me so then I can go like this to them and then we can get this explosion going in the Bronx. Amen? I'm excited. I had a dream and my dream was that I saw youth radically worshiping. I saw youth preaching, teaching, laying hands, resurrecting the dead. If you don't get excited about that kind of stuff, I don't know what will get you excited, but that has to get you excited. A generation that is hungry for God's power. A generation that doesn't worry about what the next person thinks about them. A next person that is unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm prophesying right now. My fault, but I just got to get this out of me because I want to see a fire that starts here in the Bronx. I want to see a movement that starts here in Soundview. Right here in Calvary Christian Fellowship. Why it can't happen, God? I'm hungry. I want it. I want to see it right now in Jesus' name. If you want to stand with me, say, God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. 
go. I'm excited. When I was in this weekend, I, I, I didn't want to over, like, think about it. I wanted God to speak to me in this weekend. And when God spoke to me in this weekend, um, there was a moment uh, where there was, like, a proxy for, for the youth, for them to come up. And, um, you know, the, the leaders that were a part of the, the, the encounter were in the front. And um, the youth had a moment uh, of, of going before God to, to ask for forgiveness, uh, to, to try to forgive somebody else. You know, that, that hurt them, somebody that brought them pain. And it's interesting because when, when we look at youth, we don't really understand that they're really going through a lot. You know, we, we, we come to church and we only think about really like ourselves. And we don't notice that there's a whole generation that is longing for a relationship. There's a whole generation that's longing for a touch. They need, they need us to be there for them. And when I was doing that proxy, it, it changed my life. Every single time I do it, it does something different for me. But this time, I, I saw the young ladies go up. And all of them had a lack of a father. All of them had a lack of a man in their life. And at that moment, I realized, what are we doing? And then the, the young men that came up to me, and they also had lack of fathership. And they were hurting. And they're going before you, and they, they, you know, some of them wrote letters, and they, they spoke to me, and they was like, you know, why don't you call me? You know, why don't you just reach out to me? I know you in DR, and I know you have another family. I know you have other kids, but why am I not important? And it did something to me. It does something to me every single time, but it did something this time around because it was just more than usual. We had a large group, as you can see in the pictures. It was a large group. And one of the youth came up to me and told me, I'm wrestling. I'm wrestling. And I'm not going to let go until I get it. And I said, whoa, this is a different type of level of faith here. So with that being said, I'm going to share the gospel. And I'm going to speak about when Jacob wrestles God. And I titled this, From Here to There. And I'm going to go to the book of Genesis. I'm going to be starting from verse, I'm going to start uh, chapter 32. And I'm going to read from verse 22. If you have your Bibles. Youth, look, this is what the Bible looks like. I know you forgot what it looks like. But it's still here. Look, it's alive. Hey, let me get that. Hey. Hey, there's a Bible. It has pages. There's an index and a, and a glossary over here in the back. So if you get lost, it tells you where to go. Technology will probably fail, but this book will never fail. This book will never fail. So 22. It says, I don't know if you have this Bible or Bible. But when you look at the title, it says wrestling with God. There was a youth that was wrestling with God. And I feel that some of us are wrestling with God right now. Some of us have been praying. Some of us have been fighting. Some of us have been fasting. Some of us have been going through a season of just going out before God and saying, God, I want to see a shift. I need this blessing. I want to have this healed. I want to be able to have this marriage fixed. I'm going through a lot right now. I'm wrestling with you, God. I'm going through a prayer season mode right now. I need you to answer me. And you're going through a wrestling match with God. And it says, and he arose that night and took his two wives. Nowadays, we can only have one. I'm going to talk about that in another His two female servants, 
and his 11 sons. Wow. Thank God he never got a divorce. That would have been a lot of child support. And crossed over the ford of Jabbok, and he took them, sent them over to the brook, and sent them over what he had. So right away you can see that Jacob, though he was a trickster, though, though Jacob had his, his rough upbringing, Jacob reminds me a lot of myself. Because I remember I had a season where I was trying to trick God, and I was trying to play games. How many of you guys know that God knows the real you? And it's funny that she said that because I was reading the scripture and, and I remember, I don't remember who said it specifically, but there was a verse that said that God is the father of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, just keep that in mind because God changed his name to Isaac, to Israel. So why do you say he was the father of Jacob? If Jacob was the name that meant trickster and he changed his name to something better. Why did God use the old name? And I'll tell you why. It's because he loves you. Regardless of what. So then Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him. Until the breaking of day. Got to turn the pages here. I can't go like this. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him. He touched the socket of his hip. Funny because pastor said that. And I was like, imagine if he starts talking about wrestling God. Remember when Pastor was like, you know, I can't do all that because I break my hip. And I was like, yo, he's about to preach my message. He always preaches my message before I get up here. I got lucky this time. <sighs> now when he saw him, he did not prevail against him. He touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip and, and was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said... I will not let you go unless you bless me. I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. It's interesting. For, your, for, for you have struggled with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Then Jacob saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you asked me about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Penel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. God, I come before you right now, giving you all the glory, honor, and praise. I just pray for the next couple of moments I will move out of the way, and that your spirit may be able to fill me up to give a message to your congregation. I pray that, Father, I may be able to be used miraculously. I pray that right now, that anybody that's fighting in the spirit for their life, for their salvation, Lord, if they're fighting for their family, if they're fighting for a youth, if they're fighting for a cousin, a sister, a brother, I pray right now that this message will encourage them never to stop praying. In Jesus' name. As I was reading the scripture, and I was looking at Jacob, and just to give a little background of him, right? Jacob was a fighter, even when he was in the womb of his mom. Jacob had a twin brother, his name was Esau. And Esau was hairy. <coughs> he had a lot of hair. But Esau was also a warrior. Esau knew how to use weapons. He knew how to fight. He knew how to kill. He knew how to hunt. 
Jacob wasn't really that like that. Jacob was just like a trickster. He liked to play games. He found ways to sneak through. But yet, Jacob also had a lot of daddy issues. Because his daddy favored Esau. Because Esau knew how to hunt. And his daddy was hungry, so Esau knew how to bring the game, which is like a deer, to his dad. So his dad really overlooked Jacob, because Jacob liked to chill in the tent, you know, probably playing games, Fortnite, <laughs> doing a bunch of cool stuff in the house, and not really doing anything that his dad really looked at. So Jacob had issues. And Jacob, even when he was in his mother's womb, was grabbing his brother's heel. That's how he got his name. Because the mom was struggling because they were fighting in the belly. Women that been pregnant, anybody raise your hand? Pregnant? Pregnant woman? How does it feel when the baby's fighting your stomach? Does it hurt? I don't know. I've never been pregnant before, but pretty sure it does hurt. So, you know, the name, the name, the name is Jacob. And then Jacob and his mom did this plot because Jacob wanted to have the inheritance. But mind you, God already spoke over his mom and said that you will have two nations within your belly and they will both be blessed. The smaller will be better than the larger and will be more blessed than the larger one. So Jacob already had a calling over his life and Esau already had a calling over his life. But yet, you see Jacob fighting for the approval and trying to find a way to sneak himself in to get a blessing. But he was already blessed. So now, as his dad got older, the way that it worked back then was that the dad would bless the firstborn. The firstborn, Esau, was the one that was going to be to receive the blessing. So Jacob and his mom found a way, moms love their children, found a way <laughs> to sneak in and get Jacob to go and dress up like Esau and put some hair on his body. Anybody ever lied before? <laughs> Amen, Julio, thank you for your honesty. I mean, I'm not asking if you ever put on a costume and tried to lie to your parents, act like it was your brother or your sister, but have you ever lied before and knew that it was a bad lie? And you probably, right, like, I just think about it, like, I really wanted to be there to witness this moment when Jacob put the hair on his head, you know, put the hair on, cooked the, cooked the meal and went up to his dad and tried to change his voice to sound like his brother. <laughs> oh man, we sometimes do that because sometimes we don't live our real lives and we want to live fake lives and, you know, we go to church and we fake the funk. And uh, we, go, we go to the altar and, you know, we act more holier than now, but then we leave and you got a costume on. And the minute you walk out the door, the costume miraculously just comes off. And the wildest club song comes on. And all of a sudden, there's a brand new you. I'm, I'm going to get somewhere, though. So now we have Jacob, and he tricked his dad. He got the blessing. And right away, his brother, somebody say his brother. His brother was a gangster. And what do you think his brother did when he found out that Jacob... He was mad, right? Oh, she said, can she say that in church, Pastor? <laughs> I don't know what she said. <laughs> so 
so when so when Esau so when Esau found out, <laughs> I'm just joking. I say worse things. Don't worry about it. We'll be all right. We're safe. <laughs> it's all right. I love you. Um, so when Esau found out, Esau said right away, "I'm going to kill you." And then Jacob had to go on a run because he already knew that his brother was more skillful than him when it came to combat. I don't want to get, huh? He might kill him. No, he said he was going to kill him. I believe that Esau was going to kill him. Esau was in, a, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the jungles, probably in the desert, just going like this. Arrow, psh, killing it. Great little head, psh, put it on his back. Walk back to the head, dad, and have a whole game view. Boom, go right back and hunt something else. Kill a bear, deer, whatever. A lion. And I'm pretty sure Jacob probably thought about that. <laughs> Once he found out that Esau found out, he was like, <gasps> he thought about that bear. He thought about that deer. He was like, that's going to be me on a plate, and he's going to give it to my dad, and my dad is going to eat me. No, probably not. But what I'm saying is Jacob found out. Esau found out, and Jacob went on the run. And now just to fast forward, now we find ourselves in a place where he found out that his brother is coming back to see him. And that part really spoke to me because sometimes when we lie, and we know that God is watching, and we know that God is seeing us in this creative space that we've created for ourselves, and you know that you have to answer to God, and now you gotta go before God, and you gotta say, oh God, please forgive me. And that's what creates the distance between you and God. It's, it's the lying, it's the trying to live the life that you're really not living, and then you having to go before him and say, God, use me. And that's where you feel like you can't be used. Because you're truly not being honest with him and with yourself. So now we find Jacob in this moment where he created this space for himself. Nobody told him to steal the blessing. Nobody told him to go and lie to his dad. Nobody told him that. He was already blessed. But he was hungry, so he had to, he had to get that blessing regardless. So he went and jumped the gun, and then now, when his brother's coming back, now he finds himself in a place of being nervous. And then, when he finds himself in a place of being nervous and, and being scared and having fear, he knows that he's gonna have to have a moment with God. And sometimes, when we are far away from God, the best place for God to speak to us is not in this type of setting. It's going to be in a one-on-one, -on -one, you and God type of setting. Because the Bible said, then Jacob was left alone. Jacob knew that he was about to go see Esau. Jacob knew that he had his two wives, his maidservants, his kids. So what he did was, he made sure that he protected his kids first. And he sent his kids across. Just to make sure that if Esau came through, he knew that half of his tribe, half of his people, would, would, would survive the attack. Because Esau was coming with 400, 400 men. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Now, I don't know about you, but usually when you think about a leader, and if a leader is a savage, most likely the people that are following him are what? Anybody ever seen the Warriors? Warriors! Right? 
as they go through these different neighborhoods, you start seeing some of the dudes got masks on with bats, and they're hitting the, 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 the train station, and then you go through another hood, and there's a whole other gang, and they all look alike. And so you can only imagine what, what Jacob was thinking at this moment when he was thinking about Esau coming through with 400 people. He was probably thinking like, man, these people are like some savages. They're probably going to have swords and bow and arrows, all types of stuff, and they're going to come towards my family and try to kill what I worked hard for. So the first thing that I want to say to, to this congregation is protect your family. Protect your family. Because the first thing he said, I got to send them over. They got to go over there so that I can have my moment with God and pray before God. So he knew that if he was going to be in this moment, he was going to be in this moment with God, and his family was going to be well taken care of on the other side. That's number one. Number two is, when he saw the man, it said that he wrestled with him. Jacob didn't expect to have an encounter at this moment with God. Most of us don't expect to have an encounter. When an encounter comes, it kind of comes when you least expect it. Amen. Am I right or wrong? Sometimes it happens when you're at work. It might happen when you're with your family. Amen. I've heard of even people getting saved when they're in bars, yes. strip clubs, concerts. We just had an encounter, and, I, and we prayed in the morning, God, I pray that even if the people are walking by the hotel conference room, that they will be saved, that they will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We prayed that. And there was a random lady that came in high, and drunk. And one of the leaders took her outside, prayed for her, she was saved right then and there. Amen. That's the kind of stuff we're going to get ready to see. Because wherever sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And the world is going cuckoo, and the leaders are going nuts nuts, and everybody's trying to run here and do that and do that, but at the same time that you got to stay steadfast in Christ. And that's one of the things that I loved about Jacob was that he knew he had to go and pray. He had to have a moment alone, a moment in his prayer closet. When's the last time you had a moment in your prayer closet? When's the last time you prayed? Hard. Like, when's the last time you got into, like, a real prayer where sweat beads are coming off? Where distractions can't even distract you? Where your phone is not even a thing. Well, you're not thinking about nothing else but what you're praying for, what you're asking for, what you want to receive, how you want to be blessed, what, do you, what, what God wants to do with you right now in this season. When's the last time you had a real moment like that? When's the last time you had a one-on-one -on -one moment with God? And he said, when he encountered the man, mind you, let's think about Jacob's mindset at this moment. He was thinking that he was just going to go before God and pray and say, Lord, please be with me. Please be with me. Please be with me. Before my brother comes and I see him, he even sent gifts out in advance to try to soften up the brother. I mean, Jacob is smart, man. Tricksters are smart. He sent out, I, I wish I memorized all of it. Like, I'm talking about cows, spider cows, all types of sheep, you know, cool stuff. Right? Like nowadays it'd probably be like Ferraris, Bugattis, houses, mansions. That's the kind of stuff we think about now. But back in the day, you send a nice looking sheep, man, a goat, comes through. It looks like it's rolling on wheels. 
looks amazing, people be like, oh, wow, thank you. He really does love me. No, it's hard to think about it nowadays because we're so far in advance. But back in the day, the training of sheep cattle was amazing. And he was giving up a lot just to soften up the brother. Because in his mind, his brother was going to do what? Kill him. So in advance, he, he was said, listen, servant, go ahead of us. Send him all this stuff. Let him know that it came from me. Tell him that I love him. Tell him that I care for him. Tell him that I miss his hair. <laughs> Tell him, I'm, I'm, I like to put myself in, in his shoes. Right? And think about all the stuff that he said, stuff that I would say nowadays. Because I know when me and my brother get into a fight, my brother's a little bigger than I am. I don't know if you remember my brother, but and when I was younger and I knew that he wanted to hit me, number one, I run. Number two, I try to be nice to him. I said all the nice things. You want to use my coat today? <laughs> oh, like you never share coats with your family? No? Okay. No, he was too, but he's bigger than me, so my size was a lot smaller. But here we have Jacob. His mindset is not to wrestle. His mindset is not to wrestle. He's already thinking about getting killed. The last thing he wants to do is get into an encounter and start wrestling. But the thing about that impressed me about Jacob is that when he did start getting into this wrestling match, oh, I need a big guy. Oh, the, the, Tony. Come on, Tony. There you go. <laughs> right? So this, 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 this is us. We're, we're like... You're, you're about to wrestle with me, bro. I just want you to know that. And I don't want you to take it lightly. Oh, man. I like your shirt today, sir. You look very beautiful today. <laughs> but this is us. This is us. We're Jacob right now. We're going through a struggle. You know, we want it to be easy. Because whenever we're going through something tough, we want God to come down and fix everything right away. Microwavable generation. We're not used to fighting for nothing no more. We're not used to really getting and digging deep anymore. We're not used to that because we want everything to come easy. But when you really want to have a blessing, when you really want to have a moment, you will fight through anything to get what you want. And I say that to you. When we had the purity session and we were talking about purity and we started to bring up those things, we told the boys, you know when you want. You know when you want a girl, what you do for the girl, right? And the boy's like, yeah, yeah, yo, I go on Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, I'll Google her, I know her whole life, I'll make sure I talk to her friends, and then after that, I'm going to try to talk to her. They do, they do, yeah, you know, they do, they do all of this research, all of this research because they want to just get a number. So they'll work hard for that, but they wouldn't work hard for the creator. I'm just saying youth, but I don't want to start talking about the adults now. Because some of y'all won't come to church because boo-boo still didn't put a ring on it. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I felt that energy from over here. Some of y'all won't lift up your hands because your bank account is not looking right. Some of y'all will stop talking to, to pastor because he didn't say hi to you. 
because we're too insecure, we're too soft. And, and, and just because pastor might be, can he go through something too? I mean, can he have a moment? And he might not be thinking about you at the moment. You're, you're not that important. You know what I'm saying? Like, God thinks you're important, but pastor's human. I'm human. I might not be able to see you at that moment, but that doesn't mean that I don't love you. But what happens is, that's how we are. That's our very nature. Because that's how we feel that it should happen. But it's not a natural thing. That's not a God thing. God wants warriors. God wants worshipers. God wants seekers. He says in the Bible, seek me and you shall what? When you seek something, you got to what? You got to look. You got to be looking for it. I thought I wasn't going to be able to get up my arm. <laughs> it was about to come out the socket. I'm not even going to lie to you. Lord Jesus. I saw Brendan. I was like, thank God for marriage because, yo, if I don't get up, at least I got a boo to go home to. Amen. <laughs> but, yeah, that's how we are. We don't want to fight no more. We don't want to push through. And the part that got me, I started to cry because you saw Yazzie, right? And she was worshiping, and her voice was like so small, but her giant man was out. And she was like, come on, guys, worship, worship, worship. And Yazzie's like, bro, you don't understand the type of shift that happened there. You don't understand, you're like, you don't understand the moment that was taking place. And I'm sitting there, I'm crying like a baby, and I turn around, and all you're like, because we're not, we're not taking our place. And we're not really fighting. And we're not really wrestling. And when Jacob knew that he was about to see a real obstacle, his brother was a real obstacle. It was a real fight. Like when I look at Tony, Tony's a big dude. If I know I gotta fight Tony, I'm gonna start training in advance. Six months, push-ups, sit-ups, jumping jacks. I'm working hard, babe, give me milkshakes. No, 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 no. Give me protein shakes. No milkshakes. And by the time I come and see this man, I'm going to be all ripped up. Boom, 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 boom. Everything. Jacked up. And I still probably lose. But what I'm saying is, Jacob was in this moment, and he was in his bag, meaning that he, was, he, was, he wasn't thinking about the fight. He wasn't thinking about the encounter. He just wanted to get this quick prayer in. Hopefully God will soften Esau. But here he goes, he's probably pacing. This is us pacing. Waiting. God, please. Please, God, do this to God. God, do this, God. Please, God, just talk to my brother, God. Because we're not warring. We're not warring. We're not saying, God, do something right now in Jesus' name, declaring, decreeing, standing, firm. We're being like a little soft, wet tissues. God, please, do it, God. So what happened is, sometimes God got to toughen you up. Even when you're about to face a tough situation. Even if you're, t you're facing a tough situation. God got to do something. to Because God don't want nobody soft. We have this perception where we're supposed to be like soft people in the church. Nah, man. We got to be mm, strong. Because when the enemy come in, you think he come in, he go... He comes in, he tries to snipe you from far away. And if he gets close, he's going to try to cut your throat. 
He's going to try to take not only you out, your husband out, and your children. He's not playing games, so why are we playing games? I'm trying to avoid this wrestling match. That's why I'm like, I'm procrastinating because I'm thinking about my back, my knee, my arm. In Jesus' name. I'm not a wrestler, Tony, so you better be easy. I'm scared. I'm not going to lie to you. If you take that shirt off, I'm walking off, all right? You're going to have to finish this message. No, no, no. His mojo was about to come out, ladies and gentlemen. But then it's like, oh my God, Nate, hurry up and finish the message, please. <laughs> so here Jacob comes. You're God. You're the angel. You're the man. And I'm Jacob. Um, babe, you mind holding the book? No, Elijah, come. Hold the mic. Right? And I'm Jacob, and I'm pacing, and I'm coming through. Now I'm facing God. I know my situation. Come, Tony. I know my situation. Start grabbing me up. I know my situation, right? I know what I'm going through. I'm like, Lord, please just be nice to me. Lord, come on, forgive me. But like, God, my, uh, my brother, my brother, my brother. But then he starts to fight back because he starts to realize, okay, it's not going to be an easy fight. So I'm going to start fighting back, right? I'm going to start getting it in because this is how you have to pray, right? You just can't pray soft. You got you to start asking. Not only that, you got to start worshiping hard too. Lord, I love you, God. You're worthy of all our praise. Because if you really want to see a breakthrough, you can't stop in the beginning. You can't stop in the middle of the fight. You see how I'm starting to get tired? No, I'm not getting tired because I'm going to keep fighting and wrestling until, until the day of break. Because the thing about it is that God doesn't run out of time. We do. And he knew that the moment was coming. He knew the moment was coming. God knew that he was a trickster. Don't let me go. God knew that he was a trickster. God knew that. God knew he was all about games. But this was a moment that he had to get serious. Sometimes you got to get serious. And you got to stop playing games. Because there's a generation that's dying. There's a generation that's getting lost. And we're not, we're not on our pedestal. We're not on our, on, our, on our watchtower praying for our generation. And they're out here wanting the relationship with us, and we're too busy worrying about us, and we're not worrying about this generation that's dying. Okay? So here we go. So we wrestling, day break comes. Ooh, yo, you got a good wrestling heart. I ain't gonna lie to you. Oh, Jesus. So, all right, bro. Come down just a bit. Here we go. Oh, okay. oh, I gotta keep fighting. All right, so here we go. So now... The daybreak comes, and God knew that he wasn't going to give up because Jacob had his family in mind. He had his life in mind. He had his inheritance in mind. You got a lot on the line, y'all, to be given up easy. Think about your children. Think about your calling. He received a promise from God. That was on the line as well. We can't play with our walk. We can't play with our path. We can't play with our journey. You're too important. You're needed in this season. You're needed in this generation. You're not overlooked. God knows that you're there. God knows that you're fighting. God knows that you haven't given up. And sometimes he has to touch you on the head, smack my head, Tony, not my butt. Not my, not my head, not my head. Oh, God.
Yo. <laughs> I almost caught a concussion in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs> you are super heavy-handed, bro. <laughs> so, so boom, hits him in the hip. Crank. He gets the pastor. He gets the dislocated hip. Pastor was talking about the dislocated Come on, stay with me. It's metaphors, y'all. I spit bars too. You know, I'm a rapper. Keep up with this generation, y'all. So old. <laughs> so boom, hits him in the hits him in the hip, dislocated hip. Now Jacob goes from a place of fighting to a place of leaning, because we lean out on our own understanding. But we we lean on God. So I'm leaning. And the thing was, the Bible said, let me go, don't hold me. I'm going to do this right now. No, no, I'm saying, like, hold me. But when I do what I do, don't, don't grab me. You got it? Yes. So the Bible says that he did what? Grab the leg. He grabbed the leg. And, 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 I can't. go, go, Tony. Drag me all over the pulpit, come on. Yeah. You see? He wouldn't let go. He wouldn't let go. He wouldn't let go. No matter what, you can't let go. 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 You got to fight. You got to fight. You got to fight. You can't give up. This is not the season for that. This is not the season to give up. This is the season to fight. To fight, to wrestle. All right, T, hold up. Wait, it's my stomach. <laughs> Thank you. My stomach. <laughs> Yo, babe, I, get a, I better get a massage after this service. A full body deep tissue massage, babe. You understand? <laughs> so, so, so now, Tony, now you got to preach. You got to preach now. No, no, I'm saying like, what did God say? What did the angel say to Jacob? You got to preach. God. So Jacob said, God said, what is your name? Can you say that? Why are you asking about my name? I know that your name is not important, but I need to know your name because I'm wrestling you right now. That's what I think he said. But then God, God said what? God said, I'm going to change your name. Because you prevailed against man and against God. Wow. Look at what happens when you don't give up. Not only that, in that moment, when Israel was on his leg, God said, I'm going to bless you. Whew. Bless you. See, help me up, because I can't get up on my side. Everybody give a round of applause to Tony. I'm about to close right now. So he said, he said, can, you, can I get a keyboard or a piano? And he said, let me go for the daybreak. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Then Jacob, asking something, said, what is your name? 
That, that part, we're going to skip that part. But my thing is, he was blessed. And then when you fast forward into the next couple of scriptures, it says, now Jacob lifted his eyes and look, and there Esau was coming. And he said, and with him were 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two maidservants, and he put the maidservants and their children in front, and Leah and her children behind, and Rachel and Joseph last. Then he crossed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. But Esau ran to him, ran to meet him, and embraced him. But Esau ran to him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. That is some amazing power of God. When you don't give up the fight, when you don't stop praying, when you really wrestle with God, God will not only bless you, he will change you. God will bless you and he will change you. And he will make your crooked places straight again. And he will prepare a plate for you in front. That's the kind of God we serve. Rise up real quick. I'm done. Just want you to have this moment before you and God. And I want you to ask yourself, are you wrestling? The challenge today is, are you wrestling? Or are you giving up too fast? If you want to see breakthrough, if you want to see a revival, if you want to see more youth rising up, if you want to see this church packed out, if you want to see every church packed out in the name of God, there's going to have to be a fight. There's going to have to be a tussle, a wrestling. There's going to have to be an encounter. There's going to have to be a moment. Just like I, I had with Tony, he was dragging me all over the floor, and I would not let go. Are you going to let go when it gets tough? Are you going to let go when it gets tough? That is the challenge. That is the question. Are you wrestling for your life, for your salvation? For your purpose, for your journey, for your family. I don't know about you, but I'm fighting and I'm wrestling not only for my family, but for this youth ministry. My wife is fighting. Whether there's two or three in the back, we're going to keep doing what we do. We're going to keep fighting until we see the breakthrough. What breakthrough do you need? 
How bad do you want to see a breakthrough in your life? Because if you want to see it, it's possible today. But it's going to require something from you. It's going to require something from you. It's going to have to require something that you want to give up. You're probably going to have to change some friends. You're probably going to have to change your life. You're probably going to have to do different things. You're probably even going to have to leave that job. But if you want to see God move in your life, you're going to have to make some changes. And right now, I want to have a moment, not only of worship, but a moment of you crying out before God. Because right now, you wasn't expecting an encounter, but who says God is not going to come right now for you? Tony, as you lead worship right now, that same song you're singing, the same tune. I don't want you to stay in your seats, guys. I want you to come up. I want you to come up. I want you to come up. Guys, don't look at me. You should be looking up to heaven. You should be opening up your mouth and begin to ask God to come into your life. Begin to ask God to encounter you. Begin to ask God to show you what it is that he needs to show you right now in this season.
my brother was talking about Jacob. His biggest battle, his biggest struggle was the perception of what he was going to face with his brother. Many of you are meditating what the enemy has done to you or can't forget and let go of the past and the mistakes you have made. That you're constantly playing it and you causing yourself to look like a victim when God says you are victorious in me. Your greatest battle today is to let go of the thoughts that you've been meditating on that has been keeping you in prison and not letting the true you rise up at this time and season. But I'm telling you here today that the chain has been broken of the lies of the enemy over you. You are free as long as you believe in the awesome I am, you will never be the same. The enemy has no hold on you. Just like he never had on Jacob. You are free today. So if you never had a reason to praise him, I just gave you a reason to give him glory and praise and honor because you are no longer the tail. You are no longer running. You're the head. You're the prince and the priest of the Lord. Praise him for you have been given your freedom today. Hallelujah. We worship you, Father.
I remember I was about, I want to say I was 15 years old. And I remember it was a weekend where I really was attacked in my mind. And I went to a revival similar to what you guys experienced. And the enemy attacked me. I, I, I just didn't understand what was going on. I kept on hearing voices in my heart. Kill yourself. You, you know, you, you're not going anywhere. You're worthless. They don't care about you. Dad's not even home. I mean, just crazy things were going through my head. And I remember in my room, I, I just, I, I got so afraid. I said, oh my God, what do I do here? And then right there, thank God he gave me an inspiration to just worship him. And I worshiped him and I thank God. And that thing just, that, it's, it was like a mantle that had come upon me of, of frustration, of fear, of you're not worth it. But that came right off. The next day I went to church and this gentleman preaching was a guest minister. He preached, prayed for people, and just before he gave up the mic, he looked at me, and he said, come here, young man. He says, the Lord showed me that this weekend you fought face to face with the devil. How did he know? And then he said this, and that just set me free. He said this, but God wants to let you know that, he's loved, that he loves you and he's with you. Amen. Amen. So, today... I want to let you know that the very God that told me that he loves me is the same God that loves you. And he knows you personally. And he brought you this weekend so that you could come face to face with your own destiny. You're precious. You're important. You're needed. You're unique. There's nobody like you. So don't bother trying to be like anybody else because you're unique. Now, yeah, you can learn from people, but you'll do it your own way. Yeah. I guarantee you, you'll never, ever see me preaching like Nate preached today. I won't grab your legs. You're not going to drag me. You might not even see me wearing sneakers. But he does it his way. And I told him from the beginning, I don't, you, I don't want you to ever imitate me. Be your own self. Now take the principles, right? You take the principles of God. Take the word of God. Every day I declare the word of God over me. Because the enemy always tries to come back. Is he weak? Is she weak? Has he been praying? Has she been praying? Has he been battling? Right? But if he sees you strong, he's got to back off. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. Amen? Praise God. Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, by your authority, the authority you've given to me, I am like a papa here in this place. Father, my fatherly anointing, Lord God, right now I pray as a father, a spiritual dad, over these young men and women. I plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ over them right now, over their rear guard, over their minds, over their hearts. And I cancel any assignment of the enemy that had been launched against them, I say and declare, devil, you shall not prosper in their lives. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. And Lord, I declare and decree that from this moment on, as of this weekend, Lord God, the wisdom of God is going to rise up in them. They're going to start seeing things differently. They're just going to know that they know that they know that you are with them. That you never leave them, that you never forsake them. And Father, I thank you that they're here in this house. I pray, Lord God, that you let them see that this is a safe place for them. 
This is a place where they can grow. This is a place where they're loved. This is a place where they are appreciated. This is a place where they are valuable. This is a place where we love them and we thank you for this generation. For Father, I have a baton in my hands. And people of my generation have a baton in our hands. And we've battled for many years and we continue to battle. But Lord, we're about ready to pass that baton on. And we hand it to this generation. So Lord, I pray, grant us the older generation, the wisdom to be able to partner with this generation. Because they have strength that we don't have. They have an anointing that we do not have. They have an ability to speak to this generation, to this culture that we might not be able to articulate. But Father, I thank you. I bless them this day. I say, Lord, according to Ephesians 1, 3, they are blessed, Lord God. They are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So Father, let discernment arise. Let wisdom arise. May they be mighty Josephs, mighty Joshuas, mighty Daniels in the house of God, Lord God. Father, mighty men and women that will go to the school, the universities, and declare the love of God, declare the word of God, declare the name of Jesus with boldness, with authority, no fear, boldness in this generation. Father, we declare it and decree it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Come on, give God some praise. Come on, give it up, give it up, give it up. Give him a high praise. Come on, come on, come on. Give it up. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. Hallelujah. Guys, you guys are dismissed. Thank you so much. If you need ministry, the altar is open. Ministers, please come up and pray for anybody who needs to be prayed for. And remember that you're blessed and highly favored. Jesus. Did it so willingly? God, the price you paid will forever be enough. In the life you gave, yeah, you gave it all.